a former Redskin does some dishing, and a basketball league in which former high school athletes represent their schools from around here well into adulthood. Welcome back to the DMV Sports Roundtable with all our usual guys, Jamal, George, Chris, and me, Dimitri. But we're honored to have former Redskins receiver Josh Morgan, glass enclosed with us, along with Ricky Goings with the Legend Coalition, a basketball summer league based in the DMV. It's made up of former high school athletes representing their schools. Participants are 30 and older with the goal of recognizing the history of these schools and to get young people involved. Go to legendcoalition.com to read more about that. And we just had Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> sign with the San Francisco 49ers. And why are we talking about the 49ers when we have a former Redskin here? Because it's it's all about Kirk Cousins right now, Josh, and what kind of money he's going to command when uh, Jimmy Garoppolo brings in 137.5 mil. Oh yeah, that definitely opens up the market for him. I mean, especially with the production that he's had under both Kyle Shanahan and um, Jay Gruden. Um, it's definitely going to open up the market for him. So best of luck to Kurt and everything. He might get more somewhere. I would hope so. I mean, anytime you pay a man that, I mean, he showed he could turn your franchise around, but obviously it's a lot of potential there because of all the situations that happened with the Patriots and Tom Brady wanted to get him up out of there. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. It's a lot of potential there, but um, uh, Kurt, Kurt's proven, and I definitely think he should get more. And. How badly did the Redskins screw up by not locking this down a year or two ago, three years ago, maybe? that's something they used to do, man. It's just something about that front office. <laughs> it's just something about that front office, man. They just tend to I – don't, I, I don't understand it. I never did. I didn't understand it when I was there. I didn't understand it before I got there. I didn't understand it as a child. I just don't understand. <laughs> well, you were uh, not just a, in a front row seat, but very much a participant in that magical 2012 season, RG3's rookie season. What would you share about that? I mean, is it more fond memories or is it more thinking about how it all ended and how, how negative things became after that? As a fan and a player, you want to hold on to the good part of it. So you always think about the fond memories and just, I mean, the way the team took over. We, we kind of didn't let the front office come down in the locker room. We kind of just took over as a team. Our captains kind of took over Santana, um, Trent, just all of the all of the vets, myself, Pierre, um, even RG started stepping up. It was a great year, and it was amazing to see RG3 do the things he did that year. I mean, I saw him do some things. I, I played with some very talented athletic quarterbacks, and, and I got to watch one of the best in Michael Vick. So, you know, to be able to watch him, to practice with him a couple of times, and his brother Marcus and um, even Tyrod Taylor. I mean, just those type of quarterbacks, man. And just to see RG3 out there moving as fast as he was moving and doing the things that he did, it was just, it was an amazing thing. It, it was it was magical. I mean, it yeah. brought all of us fans out of our out of our slump. Uh, I'm not going to be a microphone hog. I have just one more question. Alex Smith now, the new Redskins QB. Do you think we can recapture some magic with him? Of course. Him? Alex is my guy, man. I, I started with Alex in San Francisco, um, where I got drafted to. And Alex has always been that quarterback. He's going to manage the game. He's never going to lose you the game. Um, and he's, I'm, Alex still finds a way no matter. I mean, he the, no matter how much the league tries to take over and push him out, 
by bringing in a younger guy more talented because that's the same thing that happened to him in San Francisco. Everybody knew Colin was back there. Colin, big strong guy with this throwing 70-yard bombs <laughs> in practice and they like, well, how long are we going to keep him quiet? <laughs> so, I mean, he got the same type of thing in Kansas City. So, I'm happy for Alex to get a deal and I'm very excited. Man, I might I might even give him a call. I'm still in shape. Oh, <laughs> no. Like I said, me in the front office, man. I don't know. I might <laughs> we're, we're, we're making news and breaking news here. Ricky, you're not the forgotten man. Oh, we'll, we'll get I'm to your important hey, work. I'm, I'm but these two guys have incisive questions, I'm sure. One more question. In terms of, your, you said you're still in shape. Mm-hmm. Are you thinking about officially retiring, or was the door still open if, if opportunity presents itself? Um, the door was always open if opportunity presents itself, but uh, I mean, I don't know. I always imagine myself, you know, playing until I was 40 like Jerry Rice. I right. mean, I still, I'm, I'm still athletically doing a lot of the things I was doing when I was 18, 16 in high school. I was just in my old high school yesterday and, you mm-hmm. know, still just doing some same of the same thing. thing. So mm-hmm. I figured if I still had the athleticism, I'm finally... A hundred percent healthy yeah. now. I mean, people forget I played that whole 2012 year coming off a right. broken leg right. the year before in San right. Fran and didn't really get a chance to rehab, had to rush, and I was still the leading receiver mm-hmm. and we went to the playoffs that year. So um, I'm a hundred percent healthy. And, I mean, I'm ready whenever whenever they finally do call. <laughs> XFL? You know? Ah. <laughs> you know what? It is interesting. Somebody else asked me before we came on here to ask you that same question. I said I might sprinkle it in there. XFL means jobs for people, that if might, nothing else. Well, that's, that's 2020, though. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, 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 that's still a couple I'm, years I'm ready old. to do something right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, if, if the XFL get going, you know, I might I might get on my LaVar ball and start getting into some ownership. <laughs> you know, I might not let my son play football until he's yeah, in high school and then give him some high school years and go to the XFL, skip college. Have you college. thought about the CFL? <laughs> Had, was that ever? No. Never. No. Well, there no. was a difference with that because I see certain guys. You look at a Manziel, RG three we mentioned, even Kaepernick. Uh, some guys like that that can still play, mm-hmm. haven't had the opportunity to play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I just wonder why they haven't took that step to you know continue to play. They still want to play by going up north and playing the CFL. What's is it? What's the drawback? Is there a drawback amongst NFL guys and going up there? From the guys I've talked to, like a. Chad Johnson or Ocho Cinco, or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, we'll call it. or T.O. And um, I've even had some closer friends that has told me that tried to play in the CFL. It's just, it's just not the same. It's like, I don't know. It's like <laughs> you can't. The, they would take offense what, if we called it football light. What did but, Jay-Z say a while ago? He said something about uh, how, how, how you going to. You can't you can't get filet mignon and then go back to hamburger. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so it's kind of like you can't be at the top and see thousands of people yeah. and then go to the CFL. It's just not the same high. Like I mean, some of those stadiums. I mean, some of those stadiums. My high school had more people at those yeah. games, or you know, mm-hmm. my college had twice right. as many people. Right. So it's like I mean, I guess the motivation is just not there because it's not the competition level you want. And you had a, a team. I didn't mean to cut you over. No, team. you're good. You played with Brandon Banks, right? Yeah. Okay. Boy, Brandon went up there, and he was able to have some success. You know, he wasn't here. You know, he he had success here. Ended up not working out uh, one particular year, but he went up to the CFL. Was able to have success up yeah. there as a. He won the championship a, up there. Yeah. Yeah. Most you know, definitely. so it, it, I guess it is is both sides of it. Some people find, you know, success up there, and some just. 
they don't see it like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think we'll definitely be successful. I mean, any of us that went over there, but when you're passionate, you used to going to against the absolute best right, every day right. and your passion is to get better and go against the best I, I I find it hard to settle with well let me go against this guy trying to make it right. that, you know or this guy that yeah. he's basically my father's age but he's still <laughs> playing the game right. you know <laughs> I mean no disrespect but that's just how it is sometimes from what I heard you know Chad Johnson had people I'm gonna say like I mean, how old was he when he went? Thirty six or something, something like, like that. that yeah. Something like that. And he had people older than him checking him. Wow. Like so, it's like, yeah. come on, man, what are we doing? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I funny. mean, they probably still got the talent, but like I said, when you go against the best every day or every week, yeah, you just kind of get used to it. It's like an addiction. You can't. That's understandable. You know. One of the questions I wanted to ask you here, and thanks for joining us today. Um, your deal in 2014, they chose not to pick up the final three years there. Mm-hmm. And we saw the sort of non-communication between Kirk Cousins and the front office this time around. Did you experience anything like that when this happened in 2014? Uh, yeah, I kind of knew it was coming in 2013. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it was kind of, me and Ricky were just talking. It was kind of uh, the situation with Navarro Bowman in mm-hmm. uh, San Francisco. Um, you know, some people just want their guys. And, you know, at that time, it's no way I'm playing injured with a broken leg, with a screw on my ankle. Can't even push my ankle off. And I'm basically playing flat-footed on one leg. I'm still the leading receiver. We go to the playoffs for the first time in, what, 10 years at that time? Mm-hmm. And and you bench me the next year. Now that I'm healthy, I had the surgery that offseason, got the screw out. I'm healthier and you basically put me on the bench. And it got to the point, and it got so bad that Mike Shanahan wasn't even opening his door for me. Wow. Like, I would knock on his door. Just you know, I, I was never aggressive, you know, never disrespectful, always kept a professional. But it was just like some people just wanted these guys. And at that time, they wanted Linda Hankerson to, you know, shine. Just, I forget the guy that was in front of Navarro and um, San Francisco. But, I mean, if you still got the talent and, and you're proven – You've been putting up the numbers consistently. Like, why? Why? But Roger. some people just want those guys. And uh, I definitely experienced it. So, I mean, I, I understand Kirk Cousins. That's why I said I wish the best for him. And, you know, he's definitely been proven. You know, I call him the computer because he dissected. I mean, just seeing him in the film room, seeing him in, in practice, the things he does, it's just amazing the way he just breaks breaks down the defense and picks it apart. So, I mean, I, he kind of got dealt a bad hand because I feel like he's the type of quarterback he needs to run the game. You know, mm-hmm. you can't take away – you trade away all his weapons. I mean, you let me go. I understand that. You you t- Then you let go Pierre and Deshaun and Alfred Morrison. Mm-hmm. And then you give it to a guy nicknamed Fat Rob. <laughs> like, come on, man. What are we doing? Are you really trying to win? Like, come on. Yeah. These Pro Bowl guys, Pro Bowl caliber guys that you let go and you expect. And he still put up the same numbers. What kind of things did you learn from Pierre while he was here? I mean, man. I thought that was one of the biggest mistakes. He's possession receiver. I thought that was like with Flacco, lost Anquan Bolden. That was mm. his guy over the middle. He could throw the ball to around there, and he knew Bolden would catch it, and that was kind of Garcon here. I thought Kirk looked a little bit lost this past year without Pierre. Most definitely. I mean, like I said, Pierre, I mean, I, I had fun playing with Pierre. Mm. You know, I really did. It was like it was like playing my brother, you know. I mean, we had the same type of mentality towards the game. We had we tried to do the same things the DBs when we blocked them and we tried to do the same things in a running game, but um 
uh, he definitely looked lost out there. And then uh, the receivers for them not to be healthy. And, I mean, I, I definitely didn't expect Terrell to have the year he had. You know, I yeah, thought he was going to destroy, but things happen. Um, so I, I I pray he's healthy and he has a much better season. Um, Josh Dawson showed a lot of potential. I pray he stays healthy because I feel like he can be that guy. I just feel sorry for Kurt, and I pray for the best for him because when you take away Deshaun Pierre and Alfred Morris, it's kind of hard. Jordan Reed been hurt all year. Mm-hmm. Like the line, you you had a depleted line. All of them been hurt. The numbers are still there. The results aren't what you want, but I mean, he still put up the numbers regardless. So it's like, what do you want him to do? Yeah. <laughs> what more do you want him to do? Right. <laughs> like Tyrese, what more do you <laughs> want? <laughs> so, Ricky, tell us about the Legend Coalition, the work you two guys are doing together. Because after all, the uh, the stardom of the NFL is fantastic, but I think we all have to acknowledge uh, giving back to the community. It's 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 on an equal footing. It may not yeah. seem like it to the public because it's all the flash and, you know, but very important. The, the vision behind the Legend Coalition was to give guys like Josh and a chance to kind of stay in shape and, you know, be able to reunite with the high school friends. So part of it was it was um, taking a lot of local high schools, spending on H.D. Woodson, Oxen Hill, and getting those guys that put, put together their 30 and over alumni. And um, so it was competitive, came down, the championship came down to one shot. Um, yeah. Baby Shaq and one legend hit a fadeaway three-pointer to win the whole whole thing. So in the focus of that was a lot of young people don't know about the older legends, the Lawrence Moltons and guys like that. And Lawrence Moulton actually played a game this year. So it was a chance to just provide a platform for those older guys to stay in shape while kind of communicating the history of the game. Mm-hmm. And as it grew, um, I started to put together some advisors. So Josh is willing to help me. Sherman Douglas has helped me out. Um, a couple guys like that just to give me some insight in terms of like how to make this thing get bigger and one thing we're doing this year is we're doing a uh, urban coalition tribute all the year so you know kind of recognizing the old herbo guys bringing those guys back to you know we're going to do a presentation so you know just a chance it's really just a big city reunion yeah. you know i mean seeing this guy he talked about he's in shape man he was catching oops back door and dunking on the fast wow. break i mean wow <laughs> and real quick because rick got a whole lot of stuff going on but real quick edas everybody deserves a shot you know, let people know about that. Oh, I mean, that's a program we started to help kids find basketball scholarships. And it, it grew into, I mean, I started working with one kid, and it grew into um, me working with probably worked about 40. Um, most popular kid, Rodney Pryor, started at Georgetown um, last year as a product of my program. Uh, Marquise Reed is in contention for ACC Play of the Year. He came through. And these were guys that nobody knew um, a year ago. So the focus was if you take a guy that's skilled, and you put them on the same platform as a guy that's a five-star, they'll perform. I mean, nobody knew who Rodney Pryor was two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I made one phone call to my guys at Georgetown. They should recruit him the next day. You know, so though that's what's the focus. Everybody deserves – everyone deserves a shot. And that's – you know, we still work with a lot of young guys. Um, I consult on a lot of kids that once they get their release want to transfer. Um, and it's, you know, it's worked out in a lot of cases. I just want to say this real quick because this is kind of proud for me. I've known Ricky since would you, 10, life. 11 that's, years that's old, life, yeah. you know, so seeing the things that he's doing in the community and, and um, the man he's become, you know, his his cousin is one of my closest friends, uh, been a friend of the family for a long time, seen him grow up. So it's proud to see of me to see what he's doing. I mean, we just that was a tip of iceberg of what you just mentioned. Right. I mean, right. he's got documentaries. He's oh. got I mean, I'll let him expound upon that. But the dude has a laundry list of things that he's doing. So, you know, I'm proud to see that. I'm glad I really wanted to get him on so more people can learn about what he's doing. 
because he's doing good work in the community. The everyone Strong sweater too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very much so, yeah. putting the rest of us to yeah. shame. I didn't um, know my, my dress wasn't of the color. No, 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 no. Just, I'm, I'm, I'm on break from work. Your dress, your dress is your own. I'm not asking you to put a specific number on it. How many guys are floating around here with tremendous talent that just never get recognized? I mean, that's it's really at the heart of what yeah, you too, what you're doing. Oh, it's it's two sides to that. I think you got the guys that just. Um, don't get seen locally because of the AAU factors and Thank some of that. And then you have some older guys that, you know, they just didn't have the YouTube and the Twitter to put themselves out there. So I've kind of tried to find a medium for both. I, I, I put out a lot of old footage from guys that used to play, and then I try to, you know, highlight some guys in the area, younger guys that people don't know. And, um, you know, what you realize is when everything's on an even platform, you get a better perspective of, you know, who was what. So when you have these debates on this guy versus that guy, when all the film is out and all the stats is out, it's a lot easier to have that conversation than when you're just guessing off of I mean, one one of the best moments I got to do was, you know, back in the late 80s, Dunbar had won a championship by shooting it. I'm down on that half-court shot. By, by the way, my mother taught there for many years. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> people had talked about that shot my whole life. I heard about it. It was I was about two years old when it happened. I heard about it. I was able to find the footage. Wow. And I put it online um, about a month ago. And you should just see people saying, man, I thought it was from this spot, man. I, but, you know, the whole point was that now people can, young people can put in context, man. Them guys really were that good. I want to ask them real quick, both of y'all. You in tune to the top talent that's in the area right now. With Georgetown bringing in Patrick Ewan, mm-hmm. trying to revamp their program and take it back to prominence. Turgeon, not of his own volition, but with certain staff were able to get in rows and get players like Trimble and Cowan and, you know, some of that local talent. With those two in on the scene again, do you see some of the top local talent maybe staying home instead see, uh, of going to some of these other places like it used to be the top think, talent used to I stay think, in the city? I think you gotta look at the AAU side of this. Yeah. So if I'm if I'm running team A, which is the top local D C team and I have six assistant coaches around the country. Mm. I got to make sure those guys are taken care of. Right. So even if Merlin or Georgetown is the better fit or maybe that kid want to go there, I owe some dividends to this to this head coach for hiring my guy. Right. So that's how, you know, maybe the, you know, this guy ends up at Syracuse or this guy ends up at Washington University because right. you know, they other things have been done and it's it's, you know, it's whether you want to say shameful or not, that's just the reality of it. And and through history, Merlin and Georgetown have not been willing to play some of those games. You know, they've not been willing to outside of saying, hey, you know, you come here because we're Merlin with Georgetown. And just unfortunately, young people don't have a sense. I mean, Georgetown won a championship before we were born. Merlin won it when I was in like the ninth grade. That doesn't mean a lot to a kid that's 2019 or 2020. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so it's it's kind of tough. Like in theory, yes. Yeah. I mean, Patrick, you and walk in gyms. The parents are more excited than the kids that's playing. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I think that that's going to be, you know, we, we don't know. Some are going yeah. to stay, some are going to go, but, you know. I think I, you hit the nail on the head because Gary Williams didn't play those games. No. At all. You know, Gary, <laughs> but that, but that, to me, that's what makes Gary Gary because he took what he had and coached the hell out of him, coached him up, mm-hmm. and he got the most out of his guys that might not have been all McDonald's, all Americans, a four-star, five-star recruits, and he was able to get a national championship out of those guys. One of your guys, Lonnie Baxter, that you cool with. And, you know, so you have a point there. Those two haven't been exactly relevant in terms of being up there with the Kentuckys and the Dukes and Carolinas and all these other teams, prominent teams, tournament teams that have been around. 
So, yeah, they do have a long way to go when you put it in, in that perspective. They could just say, come to Maryland because we're Maryland. Right. Come to Georgia. Because when I was growing up, that's if I was did. in that position, that's what you did. That's all they would have had to say to me. Yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't tell me nothing else. We want to, uh, uh, Coach Thompson wants you, Coach Williams wants you. I'm signing with that line right then and there. <laughs> but, it's, but that's a different mentality, and you're right about that. And what yeah. brought you to Virginia Tech, Josh? Basically the same thing they're talking about. <laughs> Seriously, um, three of my other teammates from HD Bush were already going to Virginia Tech. So, and then when I went to Maryland, Ralph Friesian was kind of like, you know, he wasn't the nicest guy. He wasn't, you know, he. I felt like he kind of questioned my character and just he basically called me a dummy in front of my parents. Oh, wow. <laughs> he basically was like, "Well, man, you have this." very high SAT score, but you only have like a 2.8 GPA. Are you sure you're going to be able to make it here? And I was like, are you serious? That's like what I had. I was like, are you serious? I'm not going to comment on that. Yeah, let's not compare GPA. I was like, are you serious? My mother was like, well, what are you saying? What do you mean by that? And yeah. then things like, and then I looked at the roster and again, I just was like, wow, it's no DC guys. Like the only one at that time was Vernon. And and Vernon, Sean, and back then, honestly, neither one of them were happy. So I was like, "No, I'm not doing it. I I I just go to Virginia Tech because I'm I'm not worried about. I I figured I was going to play anywhere. I mean, I wasn't worried about the competition side of it. And then I knew it confirmed like, well, I know I'm not stupid at all. Like I always had my grades. But if these guys down here making it, and I know their brain capacity, <laughs> I know I'm gonna make it at V Tech, so I'm gonna just go to V Tech because it kind of scared me a little bit when he said. I was like, "Well, what are you, are you calling me stupid or something?" But you know, I just went to Virginia Tech because, like I said, my guys were down there. It was more DC guys, more guys from the DMV. It was more guys down there. Everybody was happy down there. Everybody was competing. Everybody was having a good time. So, what was know. it like to run out during Enter Sandman? Oh, that was the best. Yeah, I, I, I still get like when I that. Watch on TV. Yeah. yeah, I heard. I heard. Uh, I forgot what I was at some high school game when they started playing it, and I started jumping. There. It was, <laughs> I didn't even. I didn't even know I was jumping. My son was like, "Daddy, why you jump on the cold?" I was like, "Nah, what? I'm jumping." And I just caught myself, but it was involuntary. Yeah, yep, no, it just no. happens, man. But Frank Beer must have been all right to play for too. Yeah, Frank Beamer was <laughs> a lot of fun. That's a good reason to go there too. He was a lot of fun at the time. Yeah, Frank Beamer was a lot of fun, and like I said, he just made it fun for us all the time like he was like you said he well, he he didn't really have a lot of hidden agendas right and he coached the hell out of us like every every position you know i mean special teams was always his thing beamer ball always was his thing but man you would think everybody was on special team he was in every meeting room the quarterback room the receiver room running back room he was in everything like and of course this was before he got sick and everything so he had a lot more energy back then but man he was he was definitely one of the best coaches I played for he made it a lot of fun I mean think about it how often do you see all of your top guys like we had all of our top guys at our top positions on special teams trying to block a kick <laughs> like or trying to run one back like would you rather do special teams or go inside in the middle when you're not really able to see the defender because special teams you know back in the day before they moved the kickoffs up and stuff like that you're running them full speed and getting knocked was there anything like out on the field that like you were scared of on i field? guess you can't really play that way when you're a receiver mm, right because nah. then all of a sudden you're not making the crucial catch 
Nah, not at all. I was never scared on the field. You know, I definitely try to prepare, you know, and rest in peace to Sean Taylor. But, yeah. you know, coming out of high school, <laughs> I definitely started lifting weights because of him. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> but uh, he was the only one that even made me think twice. <laughs> I heard Brett Favre recently say what he misses is his team. The yeah. other the other men. He certainly doesn't miss the mental anguish or even the physical anguish. Would you echo that or do you just miss it all? Um, no, I, and of course, I'm making an assumption you, that you're missing. You it. definitely miss the team. Like you miss the camaraderie. You miss the relationship. You just miss every day watching. OK, let me see how he get ready today. Let me see what he's going to bring today. OK, Trent not really feeling it today, but let me see him push through this. Uh, let me see him dominate this guy this game or. Oh, Pierre's injured right now. Let me see him play injured and still go out there and get 100 yards and still do the tough things and make the tough catcher. You know, you just miss that guy just seeing every guy overcome every obstacle in front of him and just come together as one just to get a win. I mean, that's what you miss. You just miss everything. I mean, you got 53 different personalities every day and everybody crazy and everybody get along. <laughs> you just miss it. Like, the physical part never really bothered me unless I was actually injured. But, I mean, that was easy. That was like second nature because you taught that four years old, getting ready for AAU or, you know, high school football. They teach you how to start taking care of yourself. So that was kind of second nature. But you definitely miss the relationships in the locker room. So I know you still – Follow the team. Mm-hmm. Still a fan of the team. Mm-hmm. Where do you see with okay with Alex Smith in place? Because you in a in a in a good position because you played with both quarterbacks, like mm-hmm. you said before, with Kirk and uh, man, I just forgot. RG, I, 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 <laughs> not with Alex. Yeah. Oh no, 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 I'm not. He's not including this conversation. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was gonna, I was hoping to hear a little Kirk more about now. We gonna keep it to the relevant ones. <laughs> Kirk and Alex. You know, you have a, a interesting perspective playing with both of them. Uh-huh. A, what does this team need to do via draft and free agency? What positions do you think that they need to address? And from the young players that they have, well, they got they got some young pups out there that can play, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Oh, definitely. Where do you see this? What, what projection do you? Where do you see this team going? And and how long is it? Is it a two three year rebuild? Do they have something where they plug in a couple pieces and then next year they contending for the playoffs? As a fan. I always want to say we're going to the Super Bowl next right. year. <laughs> right. But realistically, I, me knowing Alex, I want to say that he's going to come in there and he's going to ask for more help at running back. Um, I think they should give to him. He's definitely, um, he's definitely going to push those receivers. I, 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 me knowing Alex, mm-hmm. um, he's definitely going to get in TP's air and he's going to turn him into. Do you think TP going to be here, though? Um, if I'm, I'm, <laughs> you on one year deal now. He's he about to hit the street again. Does he come back here? You you see that happen? I for one, I don't see that happen. I'm not know. sure. I mean, honestly, as far as people that's going to be here, I couldn't tell you. But I know from what Alex working with right now, he's looking at the roster. Yeah. And if they weren't to do anything right now, mm-hmm. if to draft somebody for him, I'm sure he would need some help at running back. Yeah. Because think about it. I mean, all they were injured this year. Yeah. Chris Thompson had the best years of his career mm-hmm. and still, you know, I mean And given his stature and and his injury history, yes, he been he's been uh healthy. Yeah. And I've been I'm a I'm a Florida State fan also. So I've been rooting for Chris for a long mm-hmm. time. And I'm happy to see that he's finally this is the Chris Thompson before he got hurt yeah. at Florida State, the way the production he is now. Unfortunately you can't have him out there for all three downs. You can't. P Ryan is not there yet. And of course I was a fan of P Ryan during the season. You used to get on me about that. 
but he's still a rotational guy. I don't know what you have in, in, in Rob, but you're dealing with Ezekiel Elliott in your division. Yes. If the Giants want to, they can draft Saquon Barkley if they want to. Yeah. Now you're dealing with two dynamic running backs. Mm-hmm. Philly's got Ajay mm-hmm. and Blunt, Smallwood. They, they got to figure out what they got over there, but they got talent over there. Mm-hmm. I think we need to have the same. You need that dynamic running back. Everybody else can fill in somewhere else. But I agree with you. I think they really do need that. Yeah. And I definitely, I mean, the Kendall Fuller move. Oh, that of, hurt. Yeah, that hurt me too. He has so much potential going forward. I don't yeah. know where, where he's going to be. I don't know if he ends up being a Richard Sherman or old Revis. Or, I don't know where he's going to be, but I know he was going in the right direction. It was tough to see him go, but when you would play against opposing cornerbacks or safeties, how yeah, important to the team, I guess I'm asking, in terms of like, do you feel like you could beat every corner or were there cornerbacks out there like a Richard Sherman type that you just felt like are really, really difficult to really have some production out of. I guess I'm trying to say, can we just replace Kendall Fuller easily or is a cornerback like that sort of irreplaceable? I think Kendall Fuller is a cornerback that everything he brought to the team is irreplaceable. Of course, you could find a talented guy and probably fit him in. Mm-hmm. And he'd probably take over and, you know, become greater, put up the type of production. But Kendall was the type of guy that he knew the whole defense he helped out the guy outside of him he helped out the linebacker inside of him he helped out the safety behind him you know he was just that guy he was that guy that was going to learn everything help everywhere play special teams if you needed him to do whatever he needed to do he just had certain intangibles that's not going to show up on a stat sheet that you can't coach like his character the way he is you can't coach that so he basically mean, got a first round pick. I mean, he's a first round pick. Yeah, so if, you if basically healthy, he had a first round grade order. They got a first rounder out. I mean, we, we, we got a steal with him in the yeah. third round. So you basically got a first That's rounder. That's kind of what hurts too. But look, they did it to themselves. So of course, uh, we've said it. You know, <laughs> they did. I mean, they said it right? time and time again. I mean, I thought he was going to stay just because Coach Gray was his guy from VT. Right. You know, I, right. I thought That's he would have definitely too. kept that. Yeah, but you know, in terms of Alex Smith, which one of these receivers? Mm-hmm. Do you think will get the most from Alex Smith as a quarterback? Would it be Doxon, yeah, Crowder, definitely, um, um, even Davis or? Um, well, Davis knows what he Harris. has. In him. Yeah, Vernon gonna have a lot of fun. He's, he's, he's <laughs> Vernon gonna have a lot. Oh, oh. Never, I'm talking about Robert Davis. I'm oh, going oh, deep, I'm oh, going yeah, deep Robert, into the okay, roster. Okay, Robert bad. Davis. I'll say uh, Vernon's real. Oh, happy. Vernon knows yeah. what's going on. <laughs> Vernon loves it. Vernon probably still but, going backflips. But you know, Harris. Guys like that, those guys have all have different skill sets, but which one benefits the most from Alex Smith? The most would probably be Crowder. Yeah. Because Alex is that guy. He's going to make that quick decision on that third step, that ball going to be out his hand. You know, and right. I think usually that's why I say Vernon going to be happy because usually yeah. it's going to be a Jordan Reed or a Vernon Davis with the tight end. If you look at Alex's history, his tight ends always yeah. end up being his leading receivers. And the second lead and be the slot guy. I had my best year with Alex when they put me in a slot. <laughs> For real, I mean, it's you just. see, when you play with Alex, because I know the knock on Alex always been, he don't get the ball downfield. Mm-hmm. Now, I feel it's like, I feel like Alex does was asked of him yeah. because he didn't have a Tyreek Hill before. Never. You know, when he got to Kansas City, he had a Dwayne Bow, two totally different players. Yeah. Now, it seemed like Andy said, okay, we got this kid with all this speak. Can't nobody stay in front of him. 
get the ball downfield. And I thought he was pretty accurate this season in getting the ball downfield. When you played with him, did you see any glimpses of that even in practice or anything that he had it down the field arm strength? Yeah, he always had that down the field arm strength. Like I said, he's just not going to – he's smart. Like, he's a de- he's a true student of the game. So, he's not going to fall for him, kid. The safety 10 yards up, 5 yards up. Mm-hmm. No matter how fast Tanya getting was, he wasn't going to force it to him. Right. Like, And I think that's just come with the game, come with his maturity, and come with him watching film. Because even in practice, we had um, Deshaun Ghostin was here, yeah. Mm-hmm. We had Deshaun Ghostin. Get him every time in practice. Mm-hmm. Line up five yards from the line of scrimmage like he about to blitz. <laughs> Alex, throw the deep ball to uh, Ted. <laughs> Pick. Deshaun, like, and Deshaun's not the fastest guy, you know, so. No, he said he, just, he was here, but <laughs> oh, it was kind of on, on his, the end of his career. Are we getting Alex Smith in his prime, at his peak, or maybe a little after that? I would say it's his peak because he's been through some injuries and he's finally healthy now. So, you know, I mean, maybe the peak of his, you know, Prime. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, there's not much. He's been. In, I mean, he didn't start a ton in San Fran. I mean, he hasn't had that much. No, I mean, it's not. No, it's not like he's. Yeah, he's gonna be with 33, but he's not like he's played. He didn't play all the way through. Right. Then. I've heard both arguments. Some people say there's too much. You know, too little tread on the tires, or yeah. he's just fine. Or I don't know who to believe. I think he's gonna be, I think he'll be fine. In I Jay's don't buy system. these people talking about he's over the hill. No. Just because he's 33. No. So people, the reason people say that is because of what Andy th- is it because Andy Reid's doing yeah, it again. That's what somebody said right? to me. Yeah. Andy Reid. Like, what does Andy Reid know yeah. that, that we yeah. don't know? Somebody else said that Dan and Bruce don't know again. You know? <laughs> I mean, we're talking about that, but they also said that they really didn't want to trade. Well, they didn't want to trade him to Denver. That's right. the difference. He traded. Donovan yeah. to us in you know in in the same in the right, up, right up the road now, that tell you a lot if yeah. it's in your division that's true the fact that he didn't want to trade Alex to to the Broncos that tells me that's not the same deal mm-hmm. that he knows he still got something left and I'm not gonna let John Elway have him but he and they let, really like Kendall, and they Kendall Fuller they like Kendall Fuller well yeah I mean he had to be yeah. be, be part of the deal yeah. That had to be it. One of the things, obviously, if you want to play in the NFL again, is staying in shape. How have your workouts sort of evolved from when you were in your, you know, 18 to 22 years old? Do you train differently now as you're into your 30s period? And, mm-hmm. like, how does really, how'd you get through also um, the rehab situation? What was that process like when you were injured? Um, well, when I was in, when I finally got the rehab after the 2012 season, mm-hmm. um, it was, the process was very brutal. It was, very painful it was discouraging and um it was definitely time consuming because i mean basically i was in the training room and meeting with you know therapists outside of work you know probably i want to say if i was at work for 10 hours eight of those hours i was rehabbing or doing something and then when i went home i would have somebody come to the house so i would go meet somebody at a rehab center or something like that so um that was definitely you know very hard but it was worth it um because like i said for me to do what i did in 2012 i didn't expect to do that because when i broke my leg you know they kind of told me man you're not going to be the same all this and that so for me to do what i did in 2012 was already like uh, it just gave me more motivation to push through the rehab. You know, once I finally decided to take everything out and finally rehab it correctly. But as far as working out now, um, definitely, you know, don't lift as much because I saw it wasn't necessary. Mm-hmm. You know, some of those coaches was like, man, you bigger than our linebacker. <laughs> but you're a receiver. <laughs> Even when I got drafted, um, I had Mike Martz out there and he was like, well, what are you doing? You walking around here, you know, you're looking like Patrick Willis. <laughs> <laughs> he, he called Isaac Bruce in the room. He 
he said, man, I want you to look like Isaac, play like Isaac, <laughs> run like Isaac. I said, okay, coach. He, so he, they basically didn't let me lift weights my whole first year. You know, they cut me off the weights, kind of changed it from, you know, less weight room to more cardio and things like that, more uh, more core, you know, things that prevent growing injuries and, you know, all the normal injuries receivers get, hamstring pulls and things like that. I mean, that's basically what I continue to do throughout my career and even now, you know, just stay off the weights. I don't need to be that big, you know. Coach Bama like me real big and strong and running through everybody and running over linebackers. But it's a special team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. But Marcus Vick like to throw that thing over the middle, so I guess that's why yeah, I like that big. A lot of <laughs> I am sorry to play the role of the tabloid reporter, mm-hmm. but anytime anything big happens with the Redskins, RG three gets on Twitter. What's his What's his angle? Is he trying to get back in the league? Uh, are we done with him? I think he. I mean, I definitely think he's trying to get back in the league. I, I know. I'm sure he's a he's a workout freak, so I'm sure he's still working out. Um, he still posts his videos, you know, throwing the ball and working on his footwork and things like that. But I mean, I don't know. I I I guess it's kind of bitter, you know. I mean, he he might be when it comes to the Redskins. I know I, I was when I first left. You know, I didn't understand. So I mean, you you kind of got to handle that the way you want to. You know, he kind of – it's like he wants to just go ahead and tell it all, but he just doesn't want to. You know, he doesn't want the drama right. behind it. So, um, I mean, he could tell me, I say it. You know, I'm used, I'm used to it. I say it for him. But, uh, do, do you admire him? Do you Are you 50-50 like, man, why did you do this? Why did you say that? Um are uh, you kind of mixed mixed mind about it? I never judge anyone, you know, and um, I definitely admire everything he's been through, and he definitely, you know, will his rookie season. It was like, I mean, and not to compare him to LeBron or anything, but he definitely lived up to the hype his rookie year, you know, and yeah. everything after that, you kind of can't fault him because he's been injured, and I know as for him never being injured and, you know, the type of guy he is, the type of athlete he is, and the type of injury he had, it definitely made him second-guess himself. And that's the main thing you can't do at the quarterback position. So um, you can't really – I mean, and people forget how young he was. So, I mean, you kind of you kind of got to take some. I mean, if you go back to some of Tom Brady interviews when he was that age, he probably said some things he wish he didn't say. So, I mean, the same with Alex Smith. You know, he probably said some things he wish he didn't say. You know, I mean, back when I, I wish I would have spoke more. You know, instead of just saying, you know, what the coach put up on the board. Right. Oh, yeah, we had a good team win. Oh, yeah, anything for the team. <laughs> you know, all well, the, all the <laughs> we know there's a, we know there's a script. Yeah, yeah, you know, I kind of remember know. that about you, actually. <laughs> I wish I would have spoke more back then. But, um, but, but one can't blame you for that either. I mean, if you're following the program and trying to yeah, survive and trying to excel, yeah, but making you, waves is not kinda, always the way, but can yeah, be. You kind of get caught in between of – trying not to mess up and then you, you kind of neglect from your own personality you know so you you don't want to mess up but you want to show the fans and show everybody who you really are as well and you definitely don't want to be fake so let me ask you this about that 2012 season i don't think people give cal shanahan enough credit for the offense that he put around rg3 mm-hmm. do you think that it was his offense that catered to his strengths that helped him have that season, and then when he didn't have that offense, it kind of exposed, you know, some of his deficiencies. Maybe. Um, I mean, I think that goes 
that kind of goes back to that injury because mm-hmm. you know not only I think he's the type of guy that yeah Kyle Kyle I mean I respect Kyle you know he's a genius he definitely you know put together a great offense mm-hmm. I mean you saw what he did in yeah. Atlanta yeah you saw what he did once he got a quarterback with Garoppolo right. with Frank. I mean the offense you know the offense definitely works and he definitely always been you know a player's coach and again that's why I wish Mike would have just let him have it and just get out of yeah. the way mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I it. if it would have been Kyle I mean in my my opinion if it would have just been Kyle you know we wouldn't have had that right. 2013 season yeah. you think he was ready to handle it most definitely. Yeah. I thought yeah. he had paid his dues. Most definitely. Yeah, he had yeah. been through enough I, as an assistant. Yeah. I mean, he, man, yes. Between, think about who else was on the staff. Yeah. Who who just got coach of the year? Right. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, yeah. Like, I know. Yeah. Between them two? Right. <laughs> I mean, I always, I always thought when Kyle, the only thing I worried about when Kyle would talk to us was that it was an extension, obviously, of, of Mike. But then Kyle also had his own. You know, he was always great with us. I mean, he, he was. He tried to distance himself when, when things started yeah. to hit the fans. That yes, he was like when they started to term Shanahan's. Yeah, yeah. he, he was like, oh no, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. I'm yeah. Kyle Shanahan. That's my daddy. Don't yeah. say, don't Shanahan's. I, right. I think that kind of. I mean, like I said, a lot of us were ready for just Kyle yeah. to take over right. and yeah. might just get on out the way. Right, but. It is what it is. As a fan, but. I was you know it was the same thing as a fan. You know, very but, much so. Yeah, but Kyle. And you could see, and you know, you could see the thing I worried about too was Mike's personal agenda mm-hmm. and situations. Personal agendas. Okay, plural. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and then dealing with, you know, the owner and not focusing on you guys at that yeah. time. Yeah. And, and that, that got bad that year. Yeah. yeah. You know, that got really bad that year. To the, so. to the point where the coach isn't even really communicating with you guys, not even paying attention to his players, basically? Um, to the point, yeah, to the point that sometimes when there was meetings and there were meetings and other things like that, or even on the sideline or after games, you know, you just kind of, it wasn't about us or it wasn't about mm-hmm. winning, you know. You just kind of knew, like, what's going on over there? Right. You know, and it was just a distraction, an unneeded distraction, like, we didn't need that. We just coming off the playoff year. We want to build on that. You don't. You definitely don't want to be one of the worst teams in the league the next year with healthier people. I mean, that year I was playing injured. Trent was playing injured. That's right, that's right. Pierre was playing injured. Mm-hmm. Like six of our top guys was playing injured. Uh, Hankerson was injured. Mm-hmm. I think D. Hall was injured that year too. Like six of our top guys were injured that year, and we had six new guys on that offense. So for us to do what we did. And all of us be healthy the next year. I guess no reason. The only person that was still messed up was RG. You know. Yeah. I mean, did you guys see it too? That all that all started in Richmond. It all started in training camp. Yeah. With the whole. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Mike would come in, talk to us, then Robert, or you know, vice versa, or whatever. And then I can't imagine what you guys were thinking on it because I mean, it's you know, it's man, just going through it. It was. Yeah. I mean, it I got to exhausted. a point where it was very childish. Yeah. yeah, it was just childish. <laughs> it got to a it got to a serious point where it was childish. It was yeah. like, come on, man. Like it, it had right. nothing to do with football. Like I wish and I would set the tone good when it's in August, either, does it? Not at all. Yeah, but it's a shame you talented and motivated guys didn't really get a chance to succeed. I mean, that's one way to put it. Yeah, basically. I mean, we were hustling backwards from the beginning. Right. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Yeah. I hate, I I hate to end we, on that note. There's a lot going on in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. You see, well, half of Cleveland you, is you gone. You see us in here looking at yeah. our phones. You know, Ricky, y'all basketball dudes. 
Were they in full panic mode? Was this, was this just, <laughs> is, is this just LeBron hit the panic button and said, look, man, I'm gonna let Ricky get these dudes out of here. <laughs> I need something. And then, you know, the Lakers turn around and they open up spots for two max players. Presumably LeBron and yeah, Paul I mean, George. I think LeBron sent a message, I'm out of here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, you might right? want to do – the, the one part of all of it that kind of made me curious is they included that pick. Right. Next year's pick. The, and, and to me, um, that to me is huge because this is a loaded draft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, to me, if LeBron's going to go, he's going to go. But I need that pick to even have a chance. I mean, you know, what helped them after LeBron left was they drafted Kyrie. Right away, yeah. And followed yeah. up with Wiggins and whatever case may be. But yeah. to me, you can't. Like, I know it's protected, whatever yeah. that may mean, but I think that's one. But it looked like they're just saying, you know, LeBron's pretty much like, look, I'm out. Yeah. And it works and for the Lakers. Like, you know, like this it season is. Work it works for the Lakers. Because yeah. if they say LeBron, you won't come here, guess what? Well, they're talking about LeBron, and, pick. About LeBron and, and Paul George. And Paul. And they've got their pick. So they, they, they make it even more appealing. To me, yeah. that's what it that what it looks like. And I think that following that, I think the NBA will, will, will go this 116 in the playoffs. Because LeBron goes to the West Coast. You have to. Yeah. I you agree know, with I that. Think go, I think they need to that. The, this format yeah, now. By the way, the other board. conspiracy I saw too is that, that LeBron wanted Isaiah to go to the Lakers. That way, LeBron or they Cleveland wanted that. That way, LeBron wouldn't go play with him in L.A. But he's on a one-year deal, so he, he, he's, he's going. going you know, I don't. I, I, one thing I do do he is can't I, play with ball. Yeah, I do some. Um, I work with some NBA guys and some management stuff. L.J. Peak is one of my guys from Georgetown. Okay. And when he signed with Boston, some yeah. things was going on. I saw some emails and stuff. But long story short, like that Isaiah situation. Like they knew what his Isaiah may never be the same, and a lot of people don't talk about that. He may never be the same. So yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Boston knew what was going on. Mm-hmm, yeah. Cleveland knew what was going on. So I think some of this stuff was kind of already pre-planned. And what what partly makes Isaiah upset is is people nobody's want, is going to want to pay him, yeah, despite yeah. what he did. Sure. And he knew that this like when he got traded from Boston. Yeah, that max money is gone. Now. Right. I it's think gone. it finally hey, ends stuck the, the LeBron dagger and the MJ uh, comparison. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh-huh. it ends that. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I, mean, where, I think, uh, I think right. somebody said it yesterday, but uh, one of those shows, maybe it was Skip or uh, Skip or Shining, I mm-hmm. think one of them said it best. They were like, um, now you can really try to put LeBron. LeBron is more like Magic because Magic had to play with other great players mm-hmm. yeah. to be who he was. And he had really to. Had MJ didn't need Nobody. You know, and, and the people that, yeah, MJ, of course, you know, he's going to have, yeah, bring me this person, that person. But the people that he had around him, his big three were there already. It was came organically. Yeah. He didn't trade for Pippa. He didn't trade for, you know, they draft the Kukos. And everybody else around him that he brought in, the Ron Hoppers of the world and everybody else, were role players. Mm-hmm. So, and there's a different mentality. We talked about that also. Magic would not go play with Bird. MJ won't go play with nobody. Mm-hmm. Isaiah wouldn't go play with MJ and vice versa. It was a different mentality back then. Oh, yeah. So they, it, it's hard to compare those two. So yeah, it, he's in a different category just yeah. off of that. Yeah. That is in this different era. Let Jordan be Jordan. Thank you. You know, in his era, he, <laughs> yeah. he, he's, he's, he's it. He's, he's done everything you could possibly do. Could people win with the team he had? If you put Kobe or LeBron on their team. On what team? Jordan's team? On Jordan's team. Could they do the same thing? Right. Because, I mean, Kobe did have some lean years. Yeah. People forget about that. Yeah. In between Shaq and, you know, when Gasol got there, that was them smush pocket days that nobody remembers. <laughs> oh, I remember. <laughs> he had, he had, he had remember. some lean years in there. 
I just wonder, could those guys do that with the players he had around him, with Bill Winnington and forty-some-year-old Robert Parrish? I mean, we saw LeBron. We saw LeBron. We saw LeBron take Cleveland to the finals in 07. You know, so I don't know, man. I just think it was a different brand of basketball at that time, and you know, it's hard to really say because LeBron didn't grow up in that era of you know, just only the strongest survive. So maybe he would have adapted. I don't think we'll. I think with his size and ability, he would have. He would have been definitely would have had a chance. And like you said before, I think we're a little tough on LeBron sometimes. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this before we came on. On the flip side of that, you also mentioned that some of the goons couldn't play in this area. Oakley couldn't play in this area. Anthony Mason and Rodman couldn't. Rodman couldn't play in this area. I mean, we you know, we look at football, right? I mean, would Jack Tatum be suspended a whole season? Right, I mean, right. you know, what I, mean? Yeah. I, I think you got to look right. at like Deegan Jones smack people inside their head. That's not that's not how league can't do that. Bucks. Steve Atwater. Atwater. Yeah. yeah. Man, guys were unapologetic too I, at that time. I honestly, God rest his soul, I honestly don't think they would have let Sean Taylor suit up at all. No. <laughs> the way he those days, he no. Who hit you the hardest? Who hit me the yeah, hardest? Over the middle. Ernie Sims. Oh. They didn't even waste any time answering that Ernie question. Ernie Sims. Yeah. But this was in college. No, okay. something this was forget. at Virginia yeah, Tech. Virginia Tech, Florida State. Okay. Ernie yeah, Sims. Marcus Vick stared me down on the slant. <laughs> Ernie Sims was sitting right there. I, remember, I, I caught the pass for a seven-yard gain, and he uh, tackled me to a two-yard loss. That's how hard no he kidding. hit me. Ernie Sims can hit. And he's I fast. He just, yeah, he's, I think yeah. he ran like – he killed the combo. He ran like a 4-5 or something. I remember him. I, remember, I mean, I don't remember that play. Man. Wow. Yeah, I know. He, I remember. That's pretty good. He could play. I remind, he I, I remind Marcus of it every I time. I was going to say every time you see Marcus. <laughs> that. Remember that time? Where can we find you guys online? Legendcoalition.com, E-D-A-S-H-O-T.org, at DC Rick underscore on Instagram, and then Ricky Goins on Twitter, and then Insta- Ricky Goins on Facebook. Tune into the Red Cup Hour. Oh. Oh, yeah. The Red Cup Hour. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, Joshua Morgan Senior on everything. <laughs> That's good. Instagrams. That's how you get in contact with me. All right, well, I just pull it. up. Oh, I'm saying go ahead. <laughs> no, nah, I was about to say, I just pull up the HD voice. <laughs> <laughs> But I appreciate y'all coming in, fellas, man. Us, Ricky, man. you know I appreciate it. Josh, man, you. it's been great having you, man. Never. I appreciate it. We got a whole lot of perspective on this, and I hope that, you know, people listening in appreciate this. Listen to this episode two or three times, yeah. man. There's, there's some gems in here. Definitely <laughs> some, some knowledge. And if you see Ernie Sims, yeah. <laughs> tell him thank you. <laughs> got me ready. <laughs> Josh Morgan and Ricky Goings, thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Great to see you. Great, Great see honor you to too. have you both here. The DMV Sports Roundtable is on iTunes, the Podcast One app, PodcastOne.com, and WTOP's mobile app. Just tap listen to Redskins fans, large and small, all around the world. God help us. <laughs> Amen. <laughs>